0: Welcome, everybody, doing it again. to the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. The audience doesn't know, John. If they don't know, it didn't happen. They could probably hear your echo through this mic. No, that mic wasn't on. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> I just, you don't get a take-two on live radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. I mean, we got a great show planned for you tonight. We're going to talk some men's basketball, obviously. Women's basketball, a little disappointing, but what they got coming up on Saturday uh, playing Texas Tech at home. And then some uh, coaching news for the K State football team, what happened at uh, National Sign Day for their recruiting. And then Adrian Martinez got a chance to speak with the media, which was he gave some really insightful comments that we'd like to share
1: with you. But first of all, John, how are you? I'm doing a lot better than what I was anticipating after <laughs> Wednesday night, but oh my gosh i I don't know. I might have had a little chip on chip on my edge if 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 something if something uh were to happen against k State in that game, but man i I'm just glad we came out on the right side of that yeah well us. i mean i
0: I just want to say that if there are any children out there who are wanting to do themselves and asking their mom, what should I be when I grow up? Just be a cardiologist. You will make so much money off of insane K State fans. I mean, it's just—it's it's crazy. People
1: who have who have lived through it like me. Oh man, yeah.
0: If you lived the whole life through it, man, yeah. You're there's. Oh man. Well, I mean, how about that snow day on Wednesday? By the way, first snow day since 2015 oh, yeah. and it. I mean, it wasn't really that bad. We probably we probably could have had class.
1: Was it first? It's 2015.
0: Yeah. Oh According to gosh. Dawson Wagner, news director at Wildcat ninety one nine. My goodness. Yeah. It just
1: comes to show how. I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: right, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. There was the old, you know, saying if President Myers could walk out of his house and walk Any, to anything could happen. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. So before we get to the uh, men's basketball, just a few. Uh, quick comments. If you want to hear our thoughts about the game last Saturday against Ole Miss so the women's team's win against TCU, uh, we recorded an online exclusive episode of the Shake and Blake show. Yeah, so make right. sure to check that out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. We'll be doing that again on Sunday to get our reactions out there as soon as possible for the two games that are on um, Saturday. Again, yeah, make sure to you know follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as uh, you know take the first two rounds of trivia that are on Sporkle.com. If you're listening uh, online after this has uh, gone to Spotify or wherever you're listening, it'll be in the description. If not, you can just go to Sporkle.com and search K-State Trivia Round 1 or Round 2, and it will be able to pop up and you can let us know how you did. Um, our social media links will be in the description of this episode as well. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't remember. even remember my Twitter handle. But I mean, first of all, before we get to men's basketball, also make sure to. Con- uh, we're gonna congratulate Drew Sparrow, I believe is his name, director of operations for basketball at K State. Now the associate commissioner for the WAC conference basketball. The so, Western congratu- athletic conference? Yeah, the WAC
1: conference. That's right. So, yeah, that conference has been there for forever, forever, and back when. BYU used to be in the conference, and now it's with his likes of Grand Canyon and Stephen Up Austin.
0: Man, you really know your conference stuff. This is
1: that's crazy. That's just how I do, you know. <laughs> that's how you do. Now, John, I, I I'm not
0: one to make guarantees or promises, but I I think in this episode we're gonna be pushing pack. I think I think this episode I we're pushing pack.
1: Oh yeah, I mean we, we're pushing pack. We uh, I mean it was we we already knew that like I like once when he made the three, but. He did, he did more than just win this game for K-State. I mean, for starters, he scored a game-high 22 points and made a sh- uh, shots from all over. I mean, the Indianapolis native was at his best in the first half when he was literally perfect, scoring 13 on 5 for 5, one of which came on a buzzer beater to go into the halftime break. It just felt like he could do nothing wrong with the ball in his hands. Uh, hitting into the second half... Uh, uh he went on to make his next two shots but he cooled off a little bit missing 8 of his final temp uh final 10 attempts but uh most most of, most of the cases was just going against a bunch of big guys out of out of Oklahoma state uh trying to attack the paint a little bit more didn't think didn't think that was probably the best best type of uh strategy against Oklahoma state uh, especially when it's in a cru- crucial uh crucial time in the game but I mean the Wildcats are at their best with Nigel Pack playing well and it was most definitely the case on Wednesday. He he was playing like an all Big 12 player this season, averaging 16.6 uh points per uh, points this season. I mean more game-winning shots like that uh like the one he makes against Oklahoma State and it helps him uh make a push for first team honors.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really—I mean, Kellis Robinette, I know, just put out an article today. I think Derek Young might be doing something, too, about it, making the case for uh, Nigel Pack being first-team All-Big 12. But, I mean, speaking more generally about the game, again, I mean, OSU—K-State uh, beat OSU on Wednesday, 71-68. to I just have written at the top of my notes, what a game, in all caps. I mean, nine ties, 11 lead changes. I have written down kind of the sequence, the last six minutes, 46 seconds. I mean, it's tied at <laughs> 62 apiece. Bryce Thompson for OSU hits a jumper. Mark Smith hits two free throws. There's a bit of a scoring drought. And then 235 left. Oklahoma State scores. And then Mark Smith hits that tough fadeaway in the paint, 66 all. And then it goes to 68 all. And, I mean, you know, Nigel Pack uh, gets that huge jump ball call. Yeah. Uh, after a Marquise Noel missed three, I honestly thought it was a foul when I first saw it.
1: That's what I. That was from what it's, I saw as well. It's
0: really tough looking at the replay. It definitely goes more in favor of it being a jump ball. It was still really close to me. And it was such an, a fortunate break with six seconds left for the possession arrow to be going our way, and I think. In that last minute, Narquise Noel forced a jump ball on the other side, too, which gave Oklahoma State the ball, which allowed us to get that final shot at the end yeah. of the— I mean, and obviously, if you watch the game, you know what happened. Here's the ESPN broadcast of the call. Scene. Lobs it in, and Pack has to catch it at midcourt. Nigel Pack for the win.
2: <laughs> 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 Two seconds remain! <with> <laughs>
1: I mean, he launched that thing all the way from Stillwater, Oklahoma. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I yeah. thought I thought it was a little bit short. Like I thought it was a little more closer to 18 feet, but man, it was no, it was, it was far, far, far. Yeah, people it was um, like wide, right at the uh, power cat jaw. Like, yeah, on um, um, mid
0: very similar to the shot he took against KU as well. Yeah, and here's a uh, here's our own White Thompson with the call.
1: Nigel,
2: right at the timeline, with four seconds, an NBA three at the top, two point two
0: seconds. I mean, yeah, Wyatt called it an NBA three there. And then I just have one more clip to play. This is how Bruce Weber opened his press conference, and I think it's really a point that I would kind of like to hit on before we get into some stats as well.
2: Just couldn't be more happy for our guys. Um, Obviously, we've been through a lot. Uh, We've lost some heartbreakers, and uh, we got one back tonight.
0: Yeah, I think even just, you know, without mentioning the X's and O's, just after a three-game losing streak and to lose in the fashion that we have, especially early on in the season, you know, and against KU, I think this was a really cathartic win for not only the K-State players but the K-State fans. I think it just feels so good to finally be on the other side of one of these close games after falling short so many times. There were tons of momentum swinging plays. You know, there were those two intentional fouls. That I think Mark Smith committed, and then one was committed on him in the second half. That really changed things a lot. And then you know Marquise Noel gets that 10 second violation with under four minutes. I mean that I think that really changed the tide for the team as well. But it just feels really good. You know, two cats and 20 points, which is the first time that's happened since 2019. I mean I just I, I'm I'm super happy for these guys that they were able to get a close win and I think you know hopefully we can use it to to build upon
1: and I think this time unlike these past few games K-State statistically was was competing K-State wasn't getting out rebounded a, a, as much as they have the last few games they haven't uh, they haven't dealt with as many turnovers as as the last few games I mean it was a it was almost uh it was probably one of the best uh games statistically speaking for this K State squad. Uh and you're you're right, just seeing him K uh uh close out a game uh for the first time this season probably yeah. is just just I, I was really happy for the guys. Uh, I I mean, especially at home when K State had the home to the heartbreakers to likes of KU, TCU, uh and Marquette early on in the season. I'm just glad this team got it done. Uh, one one thing I want to say, though, uh, when you did mention 62 wall and the Mark Smith uh, flagrant foul, it was 62 to 57, and Mark Smith scored the next five points uh, prior to the, prior to a flagrant foul to tie things up. I mean, he played a key role in terms of getting this team back into it for sure. Yeah, he.
0: I mean, he really did. Yeah, you're leading me right into some of the stats again. Nine ties, eleven lead changes. This was a really close game. You mentioned it, twenty-two points from Nigel Pack, and also as well, you know, he's averaging sixteen point eight points a game, which is fourth in the Big Twelve. Uh, Ochai Obaji, if you're wondering, is leading the Big Twelve. I think he's averaging like almost twenty-one points yeah. a game. He's an absolute stud. Pack also with three steals as well. But we had six steals on the game, which really mattered a lot. Shot it really well. I mean, nine of seventeen. Also, something to mention Bruce Huber mentioned in the press conference Pack had missed his last four shots before hitting that game winning three, which I think is the mark of a true, you know, great player to still be in that zone, have Mm -hmm. confidence in yourself, even when you're not, you know, super duper hot. And Mark Smith, 21 points, nine rebounds. He's leading the Big 12 in rebounding right now. And then Marquise Noel, who didn't have a great game. I think it, I don't have it written down, but 12 points, I believe. But, he, I mean, he's second in the Big 12 in assists, averaging over five a game. I mean, and then Mike McGurl. I mean, six points, ten rebounds, four assists. His shot still isn't falling, but he found a way to
1: get involved, which I think is a sign of his leadership and his experience, and it really made a huge difference. The ten rebounds from Mike McGurl could, is definitely one of the biggest skis in which K-State won the game. K-State overall in the past three games were getting out-rebounded. By double digits. but I mean, double digits. I mean, besides Mark Smith, uh, who leads who leads for rebounding percentage in the Big 12 right now, K-State has just not gotten uh, as much production uh, on the boards as a lot of people wanted to. But last night, the Wildcats had 32, while Oklahoma State had 33. So only only out-rebounded by once. And if K-State uh, wants to compete over these next few games, the improvement on the rebounding is a must. And, I mean, we saw a glimpse of it, especially from Mike McGurl, who had a great bounce-back game uh, in terms of that perspective. So um, the Wildcats will usually take their chances when getting something out of their guards uh, when inside the paint, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I have it written down. I mean, I think if we shot like this in the Ole Miss game, I think we would definitely probably have won that game. I mean, Bruce Weber mentioned that he thought they played pretty well. They just couldn't get shots to fall. And that seems to be the story watching a lot of these K-State games. It's sometimes we just can't get shots to fall, which some of that is we're living and dying by the three. Sometimes, you know, the looks may be open, but I think sometimes getting to the paint, and it's just tough when you don't have a big man you can really go to, like a David McCormick or something like that, or a Chachua who can get you some buckets and offensive rebounds.
1: Well, I'm going to say this uh, j- just from, from what I saw on Wednesday. I thought, if, I, if I'm going to be honest, I thought I saw a glimpse of, some potential in Davion Bradford. I mean, the sophomore big man. He got off to a pretty good start. Finished with seven points and three rebounds. It was his best game in in a lot of weeks. Uh, he started the game with a dunk, uh, which is which is great. He he found himself open for the dunk, uh, and later made a layup and also had a nice assist from a uh, from the paint to Marquise uh, to Marquise Noel in the corner, which he immediately turned into a three pointer. So, I mean, he. Uh, Hitting into the second half, he could have had a better game, but he missed some open shots near the basket as the game wore on. It's been a disappointing season for Bradford, but he but he might have have the opportunity to build off of a pretty decent Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, I mean he still has the you know, the rest of the season to try and finish it out and it's just I mean it's been a tough year for him with getting the oh, flu, yeah. getting COVID and then this hip injury. I mean, you know, it's really tough to, you know, kinda you know, uh an object in motion tends to stay in motion. I think it's really tough to kind of keep the wheel going when you're, you know, having to get back into basketball shape all the time, which is really tough for him. But I mean I think he played a pretty good game. Um I think a cause for concern for me, you know, to kind of take something out. Five bench points points, only have yeah. five bench points. Um, Luke Kasupke in his nine minutes did, I think he gave a lot of good energy. Um, Ishma Sood, when they ran that zone against us, you know, when he would kind of flash to the elbow, turn and hit that, I thought that was a really nice kind of move that, he, I think that was something really specialized for him. But with, uh, without Sutton Miguel, it's, I think it's going to be we, we really kind of need more from the bench you know because I don't think we're gonna get two 20-point scores like you know
1: like the Knights Pack and Smith have had well, over I this think, season I think if you're wanting to look at from from a defensive perspective we already talked about Mike McGurl uh, with those 10 rebounds he came in pre- he came in uh, pretty good defensively you gotta admit that uh, Lukazuki I mean he's not gonna he's not gonna hit every shot he'll he'll get one from a corner typically but he'll still bring the energy regardless Uh over the past few weeks we've seen a little bit of a, of a decrease in Ishma performances at times, so uh, lo- losing Selton McGill during the Baylor game, but I mean that that just kind of got uh just dings defensively at times so
0: yeah and it, i mean it was kind of crazy cuz he had he had struggled those last few games before he got hurt but his presence is definitely missed you know especially on the defensive end especially going up against a team like TCU and their guard play with Mike Miles i mean oh, man. he's he's somebody you know that i think you know not having selton miguel is is really going to hurt for sure yeah
1: yeah so I mean, where are you going to get into the TCU transitioning?
0: Yeah, I think we can go ahead and do it. Do you want me to play a clip from Bruce Weber previewing TCU? That works. Go ahead. All right, let's go ahead and do that.
2: Uh, do I mean, I said it after the game. I mean, you know, they, they two years in a row they beat us here, one on a tip-in and one on a three. And last year we were able to go back and have pretty good focus and found a way to beat them down the stretch. Um, you know, they're playing. I mean, they beat LSU. They, they're, they just went to Oklahoma, Iowa State, and kicked butt. I mean, they're playing well. They're playing with a lot of confidence. They play with great energy. Um, their their wings are really good. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's something I worry about a little bit just, you know, without Selton that when you talk about minutes and, you know, we're going to have to – they rebound well. They play with great energy. We're going to have to be locked in, and we're going to have to get guys getting, you know, extra rebounds to make a difference in the game.
0: Yeah, and just to clarify, he was asked about kind of if the team has any – Extra added urgency, given the fact of what happened the last time K State played TCU, which if you don't remember, a total choke job with you know the travel by pack, and then I believe Damian Ball hit a three to give them the lead. I mean, it was just it was a it was a first certain win for the most part for K State, and it just totally blew away. So I mean, it's going to be extra motivation. Good to get a win after that, and you know now these get these wins are going to be super important, John. You know with oh, the yeah. the way the Big Twelve standings have kind of shaken out now, you've got your Kind of big five: um, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU, and Texas. But then after that, there is a four-way tie for sixth place. West Virginia still is a game behind; at uh, they're two and six. The rest of the teams are three and six. So, I mean, getting wins like these, I mean, you could see yourself—you know—if you get, you know, maybe a little lucky, you play really well, you could see yourself at the top half of the Big Twelve Conference and not having to play those playing games.
1: Well, let's point out as well. After the TCU game previously in Bramlage, TCU was starting to get hotter and hotter when it comes to conference play. I mean, Damian Bau had another big night for TCU back on back on Monday night against Oklahoma. Uh, he scored 20 points to lead all scorers. Uh, TCU's last four games, ba is averaging 15.5 points per game, 57.4 percent shooting from the floor to go with five uh, five. Five and uh, one fourths of the rebounds and three point seven assists per game. I mean, he he was the he was the one that hit the game winner against K State. So Wildcats are really going to have to contain him. When, uh, and he also poured twenty three points uh, with TCU's win against Iowa State. So I mean, you're you're going to have to keep a player like Damian Bauer. You also got a uh, you also got Eddie Lampkin out of TCU as well. Uh, yeah, who um... also had a career high. Uh, for TCU scoring 14, perfect seven seven of seven from a floor. The freshman also pulled down 10 rebounds and defensively was a major part of holding Oklahoma's Tanner Groves to just uh, four points and one of seven shooting on the floor. So, I mean, but if I, you have to, if you want to win, you gotta keep you gotta keep uh you gotta keep out and also Lampkin uh, cooled down at, for the most part and. You're also going to have to dominate the boards as well. TCU, yeah. TCU out rebounded Oklahoma forty-two to twenty. I mean, the, I mean, what, the, the the difference is just giving me yeah. PTSD from the KU oh my game. Gosh. Jamie Dixon noted on Saturday that TCU would have to have a big night on the glass to come away, and not just that, but Frog's effort uh, in the departure were uh, in that department were they were just exceptional, especially in the second half when they won the rebounding battle twenty-four to nine. So. K State's gonna have their, heart. I mean, just to, just to summarize it up, K State's gonna have their hands full with this TCU squad. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is definitely a, a
0: lot better TCU team than the one that we played uh, even back then, because that was what their first game in a while. They had dealt with some COVID stuff, and I think K State was actually favored in that game. I mean, you know, TCU's four and three in the Big Twelve right now. They're currently fourth. I mean, they're fifteen and four. It's a really solid squad. Yeah, I mean if we're gonna try and, you know, play these four guard lineups with McGurl in the starting lineup now instead of Selton Miguel, you're gonna have to box out. And it's you know, it's gonna be a weakness. Obviously you need guys like Bradford and Isiagu e. to rebound. But I mean, it's really it's Mark Smith, and you know I think McGurl will be the big rebounders because I mean, I I looked at the rebounding stats, it, Marquise Noel actually averages more rebounds per game than both Davion Bradford and
1: Casey Iziegu individually, which is which kind of sucks. It, it, it definitely kind of sucks. To, it, it just comes to show how much we relied on not well yeah. one the transfers obviously, but two just the the guards overall. I mean yeah. I mean, you you already had Mark Smith leading of rebounds. You already have Marquise Noel, who's like who's probably the shortest one on the floor, out rebounding both Bradford and Casey Azeegu and Carlton Lingard. So
0: yeah, and it's definitely not like a Russell Westbrook type thing where they're just no, letting him
1: get it. Like Marquise Noel is in there; he's a dog and he's fighting for those boards. He's fighting for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely fighting for sure. I mean, I think, you know, McGurl defensively picking up their guards is going to be a key. I'd like to see Ish Massoud get some good minutes. You know, Massoud and Kasubke, those are really going to be our big big guys coming off the bench. If Kasubke can give some energy on defense, hit a corner three or two, maybe another four-point play, who knows. But, I mean, McGurl and Massoud, they're due, man. They're due to start hitting some shots. and It's going to be tough on the road. It's it's, it's tough to try and find your rhythm when you're having to travel on the road. But, I mean, this is going to be a really big game, and it kind of is going to define our, you know, our future going forward.
1: And this is, and I I know, but like a lot of people from K State said, this is a must-win game against TCU. Let's not forget TCU is—I mean—they're on the cusp of getting into the top twenty-five. I'm—I'm going to be honest. This is the best TCU team I've seen since they've been in the Big Twelve. So, it's—it's going to be—it's going to be a tough one for sure, and. Now, now, but uh, now Fort Worth is going to be a tough place to play at, considering how hot TCU's been uh, throughout these past few games.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's at TCU, and then versus Baylor at home. Oh my goodness! I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like Bruce when we were playing, you know, uh, Baylor and Waco. It's like the next game is the most important game, which is at Iowa State. You know, who knows? And West Virginia—that's a games. game we really need to win. West Virginia at home, especially the way we blew that 16-point lead. I mean, we really need to win that one. Oklahoma State on the road would be nice, and then the rest of it. I mean, it's it's looking. I mean, we end the season with Oklahoma at home. That's a possible win there. I mean, you're looking at maybe six, seven wins. It's I don't know. I mean, eight if you get. I don't. I mean, we can just probably mark off playing. You know, KU at Allen Fieldhouse. That's you know.
1: I we can dream. I just find it hard to believe how 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 West Virginia has fallen. I mean, they've lost five five straight games and. I mean, they looked pretty comfortable and uh, just a couple of weeks back uh, when it came to a lot of bracketologies. But now they're on the cusp of now making it in as well. They're two and six, uh, which is dead last in the Big Twelve right now. So, I mean, this conference is good. This conference is really good. Really you, good. You, you'll you'll have a tough comp tough competition day in and day out. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get some of the best crowds like we seen at Texas Tech back on Tuesday. Yeah, you're going to have some of the best squads uh, just ready to go. It's just a gauntlet, man. It's just an incredible gauntlet. I mean,
0: yeah, we mentioned last week that, um, you know, like nine of the ten toughest remaining schedules are teams in the Big 12. Yep. The only one wasn't Iowa State. I'm pretty sure they weren't too far behind. Right now, K-State has the 11th toughest remaining schedule, which, I mean, I guess it kind of leads me to, you know, one more thing I want to hit on before we kind of talk about the Big 12 basketball in general is there any possibility K State gets in the tournament? Because I mean, Big Twelve could be looking at eight teams. Obviously, Oklahoma State's ineligible. West Virginia's kind of on the downhill. West Virginia's on. The Oklahoma break. State's probably making it. They're ten and eleven now. I mean, if we win, what? I don't know. What would be? I mean, if we get what's our, what would be a five hundred record? I don't know how K's, many games we're gonna play. But. I think
1: K State's gonna have to win their next six out of nine games. Yeah, to um, even to even be considered. I mean that. I mean. I think if K State had that win against Ole Miss, I think K State would have still had the tournament uh, potentially yeah. like on the table. But that Ole Miss loss just really, really hurts your your resume, uh, yeah, for sure. But I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, I'd, I am strongly doubting an NCAA tournament chance, but I mean, you could possibly aim for an NIT bed. I mean, I don't know. If that's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's what we're striving for, but I mean. You- I mean, I'll take a postseason. Oh, I mean, what
0: six and three? I mean, what you cross off? Baylor at home, at KU,
1: at Iowa State. and the rest, you have to win. You got Oklahoma at home, West Virginia, West at Virginia home. at home. Those two are must wins. You have Iowa probably, State at home still. You probably have to win yeah. in Stillwater as well. Yeah, I know. Just Which, a, it's, it's doable. Just but, a lot more basketball to be played, Blake. That's all I can say.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a lot of basketball to be played. Yeah, including you know tomorrow at TCU. So yeah, I mean we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, but I mean, talking about some of the, there were some pretty big, big, uh, big, big 12 games happened on Tuesday oh night, gosh. day before um, I watched a little bit of KU Iowa state. I mean, KU looked really good without Ochi Abaji Joseph Yasufu, I mean, he did, he was putting in work in the first half. I mean, I hate to admit it really. I, I might get fired for saying this. But I mean KU was like they were they were really fun to watch. I was like I was getting a little Don't say
1: don't say really fun. They were they were really fun. Don't I was say, I was just on.
0: getting a little like I was getting a little
1: jealous. I was I mean I mean obviously for the most I mean, part they really tamed Iowa State though. Yeah. I mean when when the Hilton Coliseum got things going again KU just found a way to silence them. And, I mean coming in there empty-handed it's not easy to do so a lot of credit to Bell Self, his yeah. coaching staff, for getting his team ready for that. But I mean, honestly, I was not—I was barely focusing on that <laughs> yeah. game because, I mean, you got—you got you to be looking at what's happening out in West Texas yeah. on Tuesday night. I mean, I mean, but the night before, Chris Beard was blaming Mark Adams for all the Texas Tech fans and ac- actions in Lubbock when it came to like stopping the Texas team bus from leaving the basketball arena. Um, Beard was also claimed that stuff was being thrown out as he entered the uh, as he entered the the uh, arena. I would be surprised. I mean and I mean he was even encouraged to wear uh by the police to wear a bulletproof vest. <laughs> I mean this Oh my is, word. This is some chaos. When you when you can, when you add in like when you add in to a, a coach who left you for dead uh from what it looked like previously, just with the white Texas tech is culturally yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, and you also had Ric Flair there too. So I yeah. mean, that that was just that was just creating for a crazy night in Lubbock. Uh, big big win for Texas Tech. I was really happy for them. Yeah, I uh, mean, El Banner did really good. Yeah, I mean as you, well, so. you
0: mix all those ingredients into a cauldron, and it's a it's a mix for a really memorable basketball game. Oh, for yeah, sure. I mean if you haven't watched it, and somehow like you can connect your TV pro- provider to ESPN. And watch the first five minutes of that game. I mean oh, I it's, it's totally worth it. I, I mean, mean every
1: basket Texas Tech makes, it's like Their fan their fans. Oh my their fans sound like like they want they want it to yeah. like a buzzer beater at March Madness. I mean, that's just what <laughs> yeah. it sounds like. It's it's I gotta admit, it might be a tougher atmosphere than Allen field Fieldhouse at this oh, point.
0: Shocking take. Oh my gosh. That don't tell Barstool KU. Oh yeah. They'll, oh no, my he's gosh. Triggered <laughs> <laughs> comes out on Twitter. Blake, fire your co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I would never. Nah. But, I mean, I think the game, it pretty much went perfectly for Texas. Or for Texas Tech, I should say. I mean, they played really well. Their fans went crazy in a memorable way, but not in a way that's like, you know, <laughs> like, um. oh, shoot, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, the Silva for KU, who, you know... Uh, Oh, like, grab the like stool and, Yeah. Sylvia De Sosa. Sylvia De Sosa, thank you. Uh, yeah, and the, the fight bars. with KU. Yeah, with K-State. Well, that,
1: that one was just, like, all, oh, like, that wasn't going, that one's, like. I mean, that's a whole. Like, that one wasn't whole. anticipating to happen. Like, yeah, that's but, a whole but, other but thing. But with Texas yeah. Tech Vans, like with what they're going to do to Chris Beard. I mean, that was just a whole different breed.
0: Yeah. I mean, that level of hatred and I mean, what Texas Tech, they were they're trying to get a bunch of people to the Frank Irwin Center in Austin when oh, they yeah. go to play Texas uh there. So I am looking forward to seeing that. I think how that that'll goes. be really fun too. I mean, you got to you got to just really
1: give your credit to the Texas Tech fans. They really they are a, they are loyal, dedicated yeah. to their to their uh basketball program. Their football program looks like they're going to be uh, up on the rise too, so a lot of excitement coming up for a uh, former K State AD Kirby Holcutt and yeah. Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, so. I think they get a lot of crap because Lubbock's
0: kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it's a pretty cool college town. I've heard. I've never I been, but that's I kind what of, I've heard. I kind
1: of think of it as a little more of a rowdier version of K State. So, well, they do do everything bigger in Texas. So, okay, not, that's, not, not, that's not the first time I've heard that. I
0: just well, yeah, I know. It's a pretty original saying. I don't know if you. <laughs>
1: Everything's bigger in Texas. Bigger excuses for why their teams lose. <laughs> there you go. That that's merch right there. We're oh, su- yeah. that's merch. Well, no, it, it can't. It would actually sound better from like SEC when there's a. It just means more Then you say. More excuses for why their teams <laughs> suck during bowl season. Man, you're just the content is just too much. I don't know. I'm. I, I we kind of just branched out uh, after the bas- Big Twelve basketball. So yeah. We should probably talk about the women's. Basketball. Yeah,
0: let's talk about the women's basketball team. Yeah, we you know we hit on the men's win and we talked about some Big Twelve stuff. Now on to the women, I we could probably put this in about fifteen seconds, but we have twenty seven minutes to fill, so we should probably talk a little bit more in depth about it. But uh, they lost to number eleven Iowa State on the road, seventy to fifty five. Uh, Wildcats are now sixteen and six in conference play, and they're six and four in conference play. The fifth, the TLDR is or TLDL, you might say, the too long didn't listen is they got whooped, and they should whoop Texas Tech in their next game.
1: Uh hopefully, man. I mean, uh, I mean, especially after yeah. what happened the last time in Lubbock. Yeah, Aoka Lee managed just twelve points and eight rebounds through a cyclone defense that just made Lee uncomfortable the entire game, and they just decided to force the rest of the Wildcats to beat them. I mean it and it was clearly a sound strategy with Jalen Glenn the lone over wildcat in double figures with seven and seventeen over nineteen points coming in fourth frame yeah uh with the game basically out of reach I mean Iowa State in the third quarter hammered us twenty four to eight was a pretty big margin, but uh Casey will finish night at thirty five per, uh percent shooting from the field uh twenty five percent from beyond uh from the, beyond the arc. Uh, Iowa State finished forty nine point two percent from the floor and had four players in double figures of Emily Ryan and yeah. uh, Lexi Donarski with fifteen points each. So it's a it's a pretty good Iowa State team. I I was not anticipating well in the game of Manhattan they had some woos they had to figure out but they, Iowa State looks like a Big Twelve favorite this year. So I mean we'll see how K State does this weekend. I mean you can't lose to Texas Tech though for no. like
0: twice. You're not going to get games like this very often in the Big 12 conference when I mean, you know, obviously Texas Tech beat us in Lubbock, you know, fair play to them by double digits as well, but I mean, you got to you got to take care of business, you know, at home against a um a Texas Tech team that's like 2 and 7 in conference play. They but did, I mean,
1: they had they they did beat some quality opponents though. Came yeah. into Austin at time and won uh, this year, and they beat Texas. So yeah, I, mean, I mean, you don't know what you're going to get out of the Big Twelve.
0: Yeah, I mean, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. But you hit on some of the uh, K State shooting percentages. I mean, you know they're they're bad but they're even worse because most of that was made up by a really good fourth quarter where they outscored them 22 to 15 but I mean it didn't matter anyway they were down by 20 digit uh, 20 points I should say I mean they shot three of 17 in the first quarter three of 14 in the third uh. quarter both put up eight points in each uh, I mean yeah that's not I mean three of 14 from three in the first half I mean you know Briley Glenn tried to carry the team in the fourth quarter but it's just It wasn't enough. Jalen Glenn, 3 of 10. Serena Sundell, 1 of 9. Just the guard play besides Briley Glenn wasn't really there. Aoka Lee had her first, like, bad game. Like, even the games where she struggled, it was still 20 and 10, 20 and 7. You know, 12 and 8, I think she hit her spots every now and then, but she missed a few gimmies. I mean, I think uh, hats off to um, Iowa State. They changed their scout a lot. They really put an emphasis on protecting the paint. They just let Laura Mackey and Emily Ebert just, they're just like, you can take all the time you want to shoot threes, but we're not letting Aoka score.
1: Well, that, and you also got to add to that, that Aoka Lee scored 38 the first time b two met. So I, I don't think Iowa State was taking anything for granted the second time uh, Second time around when Aoka Lee was, uh, especially now that everybody's starting to go out, uh, notice Aoka Lee. Yeah. Was, <laughs> She's got a little bit, bit of point, attention, so. yeah. A little bit, a little bit of attention. Yeah, so. I know. In the
0: broadcast, they talked about like you know she she obviously scored sixty one points, and the Iowa State head coach is just like, well, I mean, she only scored thirty eight on us. So, <laughs>
1: okay. okay, I mean, that's just how uh, I don't know Iowa State fans just be like,
0: oh well, yeah, well, I mean, obviously you're
1: in the middle of a harsh feud with an Iowa State fan. So, <laughs> I mean, it got to the point where where uh, where we're discussing about what's better between wheat and corn. I mean. I, <laughs> Obviously, wheat, wheat is. Well, maybe we should defer so.
0: to our national champion crop judging team on that. Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: We might have to bring in a special guest. Yeah. Possibly.
0: <laughs> we should bring in a scientist to clarify that wheat is better than corn. Oh, yeah. They're I don't just, know.
1: We we, we we make corn too, so. They're I, just, they're just
0: like, what are you talking about? Like, these are two. How is one better? Than, just, like, just answer the question.
1: I honestly don't now. We're we're we're, we're 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 we have a lot of a lot of stuff in our minds today. Co-
0: college football or college sports in general, there's nothing quite like it. There's nothing quite like
1: it. Well, college it. football let alone. I mean, especially yeah. after this week. It is yeah. chaotic. Which is yeah. a good what good way to Well, I mean, we uh, should probably hit a
0: little into. bit just about, you know, the Texas Tech stuff, you know. I mean, just in general, you know, make sure, uh, you know, I mean, I was just going to say, if they're going to double Aoka Lee, that means somebody else is open. So, yeah. I know I know, Aoka Lee, a lot of times when she gets the uh, the ball in the post, she's just, I mean, she gets her shot up immediately, which is definitely one of the things that makes her great. But, I mean, if they're going to double her, you know, I mean, just find the open person, find the open woman, keep the ball moving around, and, I mean, I think you're going to get a great shot.
1: Go after the likes of the Glenn twins, especially yeah. Briley Glenn, who has, has really had a hot hand as of late. So, uh, I mean, you can't always just have aoka Lee be the be the player on the team who will always lead you to victory. I mean, just tell the, ba- the men's basketball team with yeah. the likes of Nigel Pack and Mark Smith carrying the team to victory. I mean, it's just not gonna do. It's, it's not gonna be the biggest factor in every single game.
0: I mean, if I'm Jeff Mitty, I'm. Pro- I don't even know what I would really. I'd just be like. Just move on, you know. Next game, boy. This game exactly. didn't even happen because I mean, it just—it wasn't very. It wasn't K State ask. I mean, yeah, not even ninety seconds in, Jeff Mitty calls a timeout because we're. It's just like he just saw it immediately that
1: they just. I don't know. It was just something was off. I mean, it just I think I think K State was just outmatched. as simple as that. I mean, this is a pretty good Iowa State team that yeah. that K State has dealt with uh, throughout the past few weeks, and I think Iowa State is probably going to uh, do some more damage uh, hitting an into the late later part of a uh, Big 12 season and possibly uh, tournament play as well. So. Yeah,
0: it'd be really fun if we could get a round three in the Big 12 tournament. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I, I need a, We need some payback out of that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we at least need to get one. That would be really satisfying. But, yeah, they're playing tomorrow in Bramwich Coliseum, 630 p.m. We hope to see you there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're getting more support from the fans as of late as well. I mean, yeah. it's starting to grow in more and more numbers. So, I mean, if you're around Manhattan, come support – Jeff Manny and crew, they they take as much support as they can get. Yeah, sure. it's
0: it's a good basketball team, definitely worth rooting for and you know, um taking your time to go out and see the uh the women's basketball team. So we'll take a quick word to break to hear from Tanners and then Yeah, okay, make fun of me, John. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hear a quick word from Tanners and then we'll get into some football stuff on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove.
1: We'll take a quick word break. We'll
0: do a quick Wordle,
1: and then wordle. we'll get
0: back to you shortly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you do Wordle? Uh, No, I don't. Yeah, neither do I. I don't, I know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So.
0: Neither do I. I, th- I think some word comes out, and then everybody, you have to, like, time. I don't know.
1: The okay. kids these days, I don't know. I thought it was, like, one of those games where you have so many numbers, and you have to, oh, well, so many letters, and you have to try to and scramble inform and a word. I don't know. I don't know. Kids these days.
0: Well, anyway, Imagine. well, let's. how about we talk about something we actually know about, and that's K-State football, uh, who just hired, I believe, I don't know if it's official yet, I think you need to uh, pass a background it's check. It's official. It's official. All right, awesome. New wide receiver coach, uh, Thad Jones. Go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about Thad Jones, John.
1: Well, a 20-year coaching veteran with the stops in the Midwest and the East Coast, Thad Ward has been hired as the new wide receivers coach for K-State uh, hit Coach Chris Kleiman announced today, the hiring uh, was pending on a successful background check. So Ward comes into Manhattan after spending time the previous three years as te- uh, at Temple, where he tutored via all-wide receivers and served the pass game uh, as the uh, pass game coordinator as well. So while at Temple, Ward coached Jade and Blue to a pair of All-American Athletic Conference honors, including the 2019 season, where... Jaden Blue set a school all-time record for receptions, 95 uh, 95 receptions, and uh, uh, 1,067 yards, becoming the first player in Temple history uh, to reach the 1,000 receiving yard mark. Uh, Opposite Blue, Brandon Monk caught 59 passes uh, for 904 yards and seven touchdowns, each of which uh, rank among the best in school history uh, for Temple University. So, uh, this past season, Ward's wideouts were in the top three receivers for the Owls' the possession group. Uh, combined for 152 catches for 1568 yards and 10 scores. So, he should bring a lot of excitement, a lot of experience, and familiar, uh, fami- familiarity. Uh, yeah, familiarity uh, with our program, as well as possessing and. Uh, Possessing energy and recruiting prowess that, Kleiman's crew has been looking for for a while now. So,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to see what he does with
1: this wide receiving crew and see where he can take it. I mean, you, I mean, you kind of combine that with with the uh, passing game coordinator and the assistant coach Van uh, Van Malone, I yeah. believe. I mean, that that could that could create a potentially uh, good. Good threat right there offensively, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, football season can't come soon enough. I mean, I'm really
0: excited for this squad. I think it's going to be—it's it's, it's hy- looking to be, like, one of our best teams that we've had.
1: Probably, I don't know, maybe since, like, the Jake Waters days, honestly. Well, that and with the addition of Cade Warner coming back as well, yeah. K-State now has seven super seniors. That's more than they had last year, so I don't know. Maybe K-State might have a little bit more expectations hitting in, so— I don't know. Maybe we'll see what comes from this recruiting class as well. Yeah,
0: uh, those super seniors are Cade Werner, Eli Huggins, uh, Legatron, Ty Zentner, uh, Robert Hentz, Dawson, Delforge, Chabasson Taylor, and Sincere Mason. So those are the seven super seniors that are coming back. I don't know if there's any others that are still deciding. Nothing really comes to mind of anybody who's deciding.
1: I don't think so. so. I do Not Not from what I've heard from the likes of Derek Young okay. or, or uh, Kalis Ramanan at not not nothing from what I heard so far. So
0: yeah, and speaking of super seniors, uh, two uh, K State Wildcats were in the Shrine Bowl last night. That was That's on right. NFL Network. Uh, but during the week, while they were doing practices for that, Skylar Thompson did an interview online with I think it was called Football Game Day was the channel. But he gave some really nice insights. Um, that I, I thought I would like to share with y'all. First one we got here, it's kind of a long clip, but he says a lot of really, um, really uh, interesting things. Is, uh, you know, the biggest thing that he took away from his time at K State.
3: The biggest thing that I've learned is is patience. Um, and it's, that is probably, people hear me say that, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You played for, started 40 games, and what are you talking about patience? Like, but I've faced injuries. There's been times where, I've not been able to be out there with my team, and it has killed me, you know? And, but in the process of recovering from an injury, it takes patience. It takes um, a great perspective of understanding the situation that you're in and finding ways to to, to get better in every situation possible. And through those times of, of being injured and doing rehab, like I was really forced to be patient with the process. There was days where, I wasn't seeing a lot of progress, or I wasn't feeling a lot of progress, but I had to be patient and keep trusting and keep trusting what I was doing, trusting trainers, trusting people around me, um, and then trusting myself. You know, I'm, that example I'm using my injuries, but there's there's so many times um, throughout my career where things just weren't going the way that I was planning them to go. And that is completely fine. It's, it's part of the process, but understanding how to be patient in those times, trust your work, trust what you're doing, and doing that the results will come um it just may not be when you want them to you never know when that time may come you never know when your time is going to come so just being prepared for everything and and being patient through the process
0: he's definitely faced a lot of adversity in his career and I mean he's you know he's bound to beat the odds again trying to go for the NFL I've got one more clip it's not quite as long but um if you want to have your heartstrings tugged on it's it's talking about kind of the the significance of K-State and you know kind of what it means to him
3: it's a consistent program, and it's been a consistent program for a very long time. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's an unbelievable college town, unbelievable university, and we pride ourselves on family. You know, that that's the slogan of K-State. And, you know, when I was getting recruited going to K-State and they're saying that I'm was very, i a very family-oriented person, it's very important to me. And that was a big reason why I went to K-State. It was like, you know, like they, they preach family, they treat each other like family, you know. I think this is a good fit for me, but I didn't realize like it wasn't just something they put up in the football complex. You know, it's says family. Like, no, they really meant it. And the people out there, um, you know, students, coaches, fans, just people in the community. Everybody is so so nice, so involved. Everybody loves K State football, and and that's what the, that's what makes K State what it is. And the, the football background and the the transition of the Coach Snyder era and what he brought to the university it's just, it sparked our entire university to where you know our entire athletics program is 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 very solid and does really well.
0: I mean things like that you know just saying so many great things about K State and our family atmosphere. So what really made you love Skylar Thompson and you know why everybody was so happy for him to come back for another year. With the Cats, you know, finish it off with a win, which is really nice. And then also play really well in the Shrine oh, yeah. ball. I mean, 6 of 9, 76 yards, he had a touchdown, 3 rushes for 8 yards. But, I mean, I don't think the stats really show he made some really great NFL uh, – quality throws, including a two-point conversion throw that we have the uh, call for.
4: Again, no extra points here in the Shrine Bowl. Every offense that scores a touchdown has to go for two. West converted on their last touchdown with a two-point conversion fade ball from Skylar
2: Thompson perfectly put to number 18 Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor.
1: That was fantastic. I mean, how about a little bit of some Big 12 Big Twelve magic yeah. right there, but... uh yeah, he from from the highlights I saw, I mean he turned some he should turn some uh uh potential uh shoot, what are they called? NFL Scouts around. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean uh first first he uh he had an eight eight yard touchdown strike to Jelani Woods, tied in out of Virginia. He also he also had a great game as well. Uh and then you then you played the two point conversion connection to Taquan Thornton. Uh he he just seemed like way more consistent uh, since the Texas Bowl and now in the Shrine Bowl, where it just seems way more comfortable in the pocket. I mean, he's finding receivers more often than not. So, I uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Thompson does in his career and seeing uh, seeing where it takes him for sure. Yeah,
0: something must have just clicked. He played really well, and even better for K State fans. Played better than Brock Purdy. So just. Oh yeah. Oh. And, just, and 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 so, to a
1: and to a lesser extent, Jack Cohen from Notre Dame, yeah, just, who just who just really kind of who just really played bad. I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: So Skylar Thompson played on the West team, and on the East team, we actually had a K State player on as well, Russ Yeast. Um, I don't know if this is official. I, don't, I didn't find. Tackles weren't on the box score on ESPN for some reason, but I saw somewhere he had nine tackles, forced a fumble as well. Yeah. So a really good game for Rust East on the defensive side of the ball as well. So hopefully both those guys can get a shot at the next level.
1: And Rust East as well uh, helped uh, from one of the other highlights I saw. Um, uh, him and as well as the defense held Jack Cohn in the West offense to a fourth down stop. So uh, a lot of it really is just – just eye popping to see from a K State fan just to see some of these type of performances overall. So, I don't know. I I, I from a K State talents perspective, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how 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 well K State has developed these two and seeing how they fare in the professional uh, years to come.
0: Yeah, we wish them the best of luck. I believe Skylar Thompson got a combine invite. I saw John Kurtz put some on Twitter about that. So we wish him the best of luck. Hopefully he gets a shot at playing on Sundays. But let's go ahead and hear word from Tanners, then we'll hit some recruiting news and hear from Adrian Martinez, the new quarterback at Kansas State University. And we're back on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove live on Wildcat 91.9. But let's go ahead and hit some recruiting news for a few minutes, and then we'll let uh, people get familiar with Adrian Martinez um, I believe according to 24-7 sports, K-State is now 57th in the recruiting rankings. Uh, they land four big recruits on signing day, as well as some walk-ons that Chris Common couldn't mention at the time, but we know about uh, Lou Kirsch, obviously Newton High alum, go Railers. Jet uh, Denine okay. Jet Dineen, Jet brother, Dineen, brother, Dineen. yeah. As well, out of Lawrence, Kansas. But uh, Jacob Parrish, Adrian Laura, Tyson Stuber, and then Vi Sayumalo, I believe. But everyone, I believe, Kleiman just said you can call Uso. him Uso. 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 So, I like that. Yeah, but I mean, Kleiman was really high on Jacob Parrish, defensive back out of Aletha. He's they said he, you know, he plays with some real passion and could bring some uh impact to uh, K-State in the years to come.
1: I mean, Parrish was elevated to an immediate scholarship signing during January when uh, when a spot opened, so Parrish earned his attention and eventual offer from K State's defensive coaches after impressing the crew on numerous occasions, uh, most notably a standout performance in the past summer's elite camp uh, under the lights of Bill Snyder Family Stadium. So, from Parrish's senior season at Olathe North, uh, he proved too much to, for K State to overlook as one of the state's most dynamic two way players uh, 1,300 plus all purpose yards and 16 touchdowns, along with 55 tackles and in an interception. I mean, this this guy kind of sounds like the real deal, if I'm going to be honest.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And Adrian Laura, the three-star quarterback out of uh, Arizona. If you want to hear our thoughts on Adrian Laura, you can check uh, out last week's episode on Spotify. We talked about him. But um, we can go ahead and hear what Chris Kleiman had to say on Adrian Laura.
4: Tremendous arm strength, uh, really talented quarterback and throw from all platforms we were looking for a guy that could really sling it from sideline to sideline and and throw vertical balls and uh, have great touch and great arm strength and uh, uh, excited about him his dad's one of the coaches there and so he's uh, a coach's kid that uh, um, he just knows about the game so we're excited about him and he'll come here in the summer
0: yeah, that was Chris Kleiman's thoughts on Adrian Lauren. And then Tyson Struber, he's listed as an athlete. I believe Kleiman said they want to try him at wide receiver. or But he could also play D-back as well, so we'll uh, see.
1: Yeah, wide receiver safety is from what I uh, saw from numerous reporters on K- on KSO. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Kansas made product. I mean, his top two options were K-State and KU. I was, I was not anticipating it to for him to sign this quickly, but uh, – he since since his uh, days in terms of loving K State overall, uh, he's become one of the most all uh, the state's all time greats at the eight man level, becoming Kansas all time leader in receiving yards and touchdowns. Uh, he has good ball skills and he could serve him well on either side of the ball in college. Uh, we may lean a little bit towards the defense defensive part with him because uh, that spread six foot two frame and the ball skills would make it would make it for a great safety or a hybrid.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And then heading on Uso, I mean, six four three zero five, big dude. Oh, man. I... what it comes from Hawaii, but he went to Garden City Community College, yep. so he's a JUCO transfer. So that'll uh... be really fun. We have 76 of our 85 scholarship spots filled right now, so we do have a little bit of room. And then just remind people of the big transfers we've got. You know, Brandon Jennings, Josh Hayes are two guys that are probably going to play, you know, for sure next mm-hmm. year. You'll be hearing their names a lot. Kobe Savage is a sophomore. Our, our, we're pretty deep at D back right now, so he may not play a ton, but we'll see. Sean Robinson at safety as well as another big transfer. Obviously. Adrian Martinez but um I don't know if you have any more thoughts on the 2022 class John but we can go ahead and hit that K State landed their first recruit in the 2023 class oh yes it's, it's a pretty familiar name Camden mm-hmm. BB Kansas City Kansas obviously related to Cooper BB out of Piper High School that means means nothing to me but
1: Kansas City' Kansas City kid yeah is, I
0: mean, there's y- more well there's more oh, Kansas City high schools oh well, man.
1: he was he was <laughs> being looked at by KU as well yeah and I believe one of his other pla one of his other siblings played KU football as well. So um. it was kind of a family split on decision. Uh but great to see K State land him and then I think I don't know if it was him or if it was Deneed, but but you might get a potential I I might be thinking of Deneed. but Oh maybe.
0: But I mean to mention Cooper Beebe, he was the first person to recruit uh to commit to K State in the twenty nineteen yep. class. So Yeah that's pretty but you have any thoughts on recruiting before we uh, hear from adrian martinez
1: just looking to just looking forward to seeing what these guys can do on the field i mean that's all that's all to say
0: yeah i mean you know it's it's you know the climate's actually able to travel and the coordinators are actually able to travel and go on the road to these places unlike last year climate a few years into his reign now so i think he's starting to get into a groove in the recruiting cycle sure. so. Yep. so let's hear from adrian martinez let's first hear about the transfer portal process
4: and how he ended up at k-state the portal um if you will was pretty hectic. Um, but I, I I wasn't looking for a school that uh, was about the hype. It wasn't a uh, strictly personal decision. It was it was about business for me, and one of my goals is to make it to the NFL. And in my mind, K-State gave me the best option to do that um, with a really good culture, a really good program, a good team, good guys. Uh, in an offense, I felt like I could fit in and thrive and show some some skills of mine that, I haven't been able to display necessarily and um, that's what it was about for me so there, there's a process um, sort of comparing different schools this and that but K-State was at the top at, in every category for me.
1: Man when I was just hearing that it kind of gave me chills up my <laughs> chills in my spine just just listening to just kind of a leadership role and how Adrian Martinez kind of organizes himself an even keel type of guy uh, but yeah, but the transfer port the transfer portal is insane, and I I think K State out of every out of a lot of schools pretty much came into winners because we've seen what transfers can do on uh with at K State with the likes of Reggie Stubblefield and among some key others as well. So yeah, uh, I think the potential is there for Adrian Martinez for sure. Uh, you also got a lot of key weapons offensively. Uh. Um, I mean, you got even a Nebraska connection with Cade Warner as well. So. Yeah, and Will Hones. Will Honis, yep. I think he played for Butler Community College as huh. well before he went to Nebraska. So, But I mean, the main thing that stands out is,
0: you know, he wants to play in the NFL. So I think yeah. he's the one to come to K State. I'd I, play that to every recruit, whoever, you know. And Brandon was, Jennings
1: had a similar sentiment as well in his interview. Uh, for sure. And uh, I mean, when you were looking, considering. Some of the final options for Adrian Martinez, which were Cal and Fresno State, I I don't think there was a, I don't know if there was a way for Adrian Martinez to get into the NFL when you were yeah. considering those two schools, but I think K State at this point, especially with how Skylar Thompson is doing right now, yeah, has kind of shown a little bit of a blueprint to to kind of put to kind of put these products into the NFL. Yeah, so, let,
0: let's go and hear a couple more things from Adrian Martinez about kind of what really drew him to K State.
4: I love it. It's, it's truly a college town feel for me um, with the Midwest vibe as far as the people. Everyone's really genuine, and I like that a lot. And uh, I've enjoyed my time so far.
0: And then if, you're not, if you haven't seen a ton of Adrian Martinez from Nebraska, here's what he says he, uh, his, his game is and what he brings to the table.
4: I really do think I epitomize a dual-threat quarterback. Um, I feel strong about my ability to throw the ball and run it. Uh, Running is definitely a part of my game. It's something I'm looking to do maybe a little bit less here, uh, in all honesty. But something that does provide a a spark, I think, to the offensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, I try and make plays. Um, And the next evolution of that is make plays and turn over the ball less.
0: I mean, how dangerous is that is that backfield going to be next year, John? I mean, I am Deuce ready. Vaughn, Adrian Martinez, Malik Knowles, a wide Ooh. receiver, pretty solid offensive line. Malik Knowles,
1: Phillip Brooks, Cave Warner coming back yeah. as well. I mean, that's going to be stacked. The defense yeah, I mean, also is going to be stacked, yeah. man, I am just ready yeah. for next year. It, it, can, it, can, it can't come any, any more soon, man. Yeah, make, football I'm can't come
0: so soon ready. enough. Make sure to check out our Sunday episode that's going to be on Spotify on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. It'll be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, reacting to the games on Saturday. Uh, thank you so much for listening. we we'll have live with the Shake and Blake Show, Blake Crawford Drive on Wildcat 91.9. Nine. Cast by 90.
1: Cast by 90.